I'm going to address a whole bunch of Bruins-related questions on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins, including ones that you sent in and others that have been brewing in my mind here for a few days. So let's get into it, shall we? Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Friday, August 19th, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, so open up your favorite app, Hit that subscribe button, do the same thing on YouTube, and never miss a thing. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Quick reminder that you can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at LockedNHLBruins, and you can find me, my dad jokes, Hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. So let's begin today's podcast by addressing a bunch of questions that are lingering over the Boston Bruins here with about a month to go until training camp. One of the big moves that Don Sweeney has made this summer was trading Eric Howla to the New Jersey Devils for Pavel Zaka. Howla, of course, played second line center last season for the most part and has since been replaced by David Krejci. But as a one for one trade, who do we think came out on top here, the Devils or the Bruins? Well, former. New Jersey Devils assistant coach and former Bruins winger Mark Recchi is erring on the side of the Boston Bruins. Uh, In an article published by Boston Hockey Now, Recchi said Zaka is a great kid, uh, a great teammate. As for him as a player, well, there's a ton of skill there once he figures out how to use it on a consistent basis. Talent-wise, Donnie, being Bruins GM Don Sweeney, got a steal here. Talent-wise, he's way better than Howla. He's got the skill and a big body, and when he uses that body, he's hard to take the puck away from. Recky added confidence, and putting it all together has been the issue. Last year, he got off to a great start, was one of New Jersey's best players, Uh, I think he had like 8 goals, 4 assists in 16 games. Then went on to have a goal and 2 assists over the next 12 games. Uh, Recky said he hit a bit of a bump, just couldn't seem to dig himself out of it. He wants to show he deserves uh, to have been drafted where he was. That effort isn't an issue at all. It's just confidence and really knowing he can do it. 
He needs to stop being so hard at himself. He needs to shoot more. He's got a great shot. Now, Zaka, of course, was drafted fifth overall in the infamous 2015 NHL entry draft. He was selected following Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel, Dylan Strom, Noah Hannafin, and then Zaka. So sixth overall, sorry. Um, and, you know, among those top players, doesn't quite stack up, although he does have more points than Dylan Strom, albeit in over 100 more games. So I think Zaka is in a good position here to thrive with the Boston Bruins. Uh, there won't be that pressure to perform as a draft pick of the team. It's different if you've already been traded. Um, and he'll have a chance to succeed playing with Countryman, Krejci, David Pasternak, Jakobs Borl, Thomas Nosek, and hopefully it leads to a um, contract extension that's mutually beneficial for both sides. Now another question that's come up is whether or not Milan Lucic should return to the Boston Bruins. This was spurred by a tweet uh, from, you know, a prominent Boston area uh, podcast host who had eyeballs with Lucic in a Bruins jersey. Now, there's no question that Lucic is a fan favorite. He would be embraced once again as a member of the Bruins. He was traded following the 2014-15 season to the Los Angeles Kings. He later signed with the Edmonton Oilers and then was traded to the Calgary Flames. 10 goals, 11 assists, 84 penalty minutes last season for the Flames. He's got one year left on his current deal that carries a $5.25 million cap hit. Now here's the thing with Lucic. He's nominally better than Nick Foligno, who many Bruins fans want to run out of town, and he's being paid a whole lot more than Foligno. So A, if you're going to bring Lucic back, you're going to have to get rid of Foligno, which is a tough task. And the Bruins are already in a cap crunch, so you can't really absorb that extra salary. The Flames would have to retain some salary. And, um, you know, whether or not they even want to part with him remains to be seen. I, I would expect that he'd be willing to move back to Boston. But the cap uh, situation, Bruins are already very tight up against it. How do they fit him in with that 5.2 million cap hit? And there's already a pretty heavy log jam on the left side. Once Marchand's healthy, you have Jake DeBrusque, Taylor Hall, Trent Frederick, Nick Felino, who can play there as well. So, and again, Nick Felino is basically your Milan Lucic type at this point. You're hoping to get some production out of him you are hoping that he brings that physicality uh Lucic has 
more of a place in Bruins fans' hearts than Nick Foligno, certainly after a very poor season last year for uh, the newer Bruin. Uh, but you're basically filling one guy's shoes with the other guy just for sentimental reasons at a greater cap hit. So I don't really get it. We'll talk about another trade possibility and some other questions you have here in a moment. But first, a quick word about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, podcasts, they have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, another uh, report. Again, this one from Boston Hockey Now, but I found it interesting in regards to Craig Smith. An NHL source with direct knowledge of the situation has confirmed to Boston Hockey Now that not only has Bruins winger Craig Smith been on the NHL trade market since the offseason began, but the Bruins recently had in-depth trade talks with another team regarding Smith. The source said there was an actual trade offer made, but after trying to find common ground for a while, the talks were put on hold. The other team really wanted Smith and really wanted this to happen. Smith, 32 years old, entering the final season of a three-year deal that carries a 3.1 salary cap hit, 16 goals, 20 assists in 74 games last season, but he did go pointless in seven playoff games. Um, Again, this is an area where the Bruins could shed some cap space. His $3.1 million cap hit, but you get into a situation where the Bruins pretty light on the right side. You have uh, David Pasternak, of course, Craig Smith. You have Jake DeBrusque, who's a natural left-hand shot playing on the right side, which isn't ideal. You know, you've lost Curtis Lazar on that side. Oscar Steen could step up. You have a Fabian Lysel who might be able to make the jump. But trading Craig Smith just to shed his cap space really weakens an already kind of weak right side. If you're going to be making trades, it should be from the left side. Uh, Although, you can't be too choosy when it comes to trying to make the cap work here. So it seems as though there is some interest in Craig Smith. Um, and we'll see if a move is made here prior to the start of training camp. Also got to keep an eye on the blue line where a Mike Riley could be dealt, perhaps a Matt Grizzlick. That's another area where the Bruins can shed some cap space with six of their eight defensemen under contract are making $3 million or more. 
think those were the issues that had popped up for me that I wanted to address. Speaking of Lysel, the Swedish World Junior Team is in action today in the semifinal round at the World Junior Championship. Um, they will take on Team Lat or sorry, Team Finland uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern for a spot in tomorrow's championship game. Canada and Czechia will square off in the other semifinal round. All right, let's look at some of the questions that were sent in to me from Locked On Boston Bruins listeners. And uh, the first one comes from John Anderson, at Anderson JA. John asks, how is a guy like Jack Stanika going to show anything when, especially when Martian returns, there really isn't space in the lineup for him to do it? How much... Would showing a flash on the fourth line or on a wing really do for him? It's a fantastic question, and it's a similar issue to what Stanika found himself in last season. And something that Bruce Cassidy kind of brushed up against as well. You have these established veterans who have commitments, NHL contracts, And the head coach has to try to fit them in. But you also have some younger guys who perhaps have more upside than these established guys looking for some NHL time as well. If you think about when Marchand comes back, you obviously have, let's say, Marchand, Bergeron, DeBrusque, Hall, Krejci, Pasternak, Zaka, Coyle, Smith, and then, say, uh, Frederick, no 16. So you already have Nick Felino on the outside looking in there. You have a guy like Mark McLaughlin looking to make some strides. Um, where does Stanika fit into this mix? He does have a two-way contract for this season. It pays him very well at the AHL level. So it was kind of a way to make him happy. Even if he were stuck in the AHL, looking to have him A, as the first man up in the case of injury, and B, uh, being more of a regular, certainly next season when a lot of these contracts come off the books. Would it make sense to move a guy like Charlie Coyle? Absolutely. His $5.25 million cap hit coming off the books would be great and replace him with Stanika. That would make a lot of sense. Uh, But again, it's going to be difficult for a guy like Jack Stanika to show anything. It's not a knock on him. He has done everything asked of him, including working in the offseason, performing at the AHL level. I can see why there might be some frustration on his part, having not been given a chance to break through quite yet. Um, And that's the same with a lot of these young guys. Like, Zach Sinitian never got a chance to get extended run. Um, Jesper Froden came over here to sign an NHL contract, play in the NHL. He never got a chance. 
Um, you know, a lot of these guys, younger guys, find themselves kind of blocked out when you're trying to extend the cup window with as many um, veterans as possible. So it's going to be tough for him. He's best served developing his game as a center. So, yeah, fourth line, as long as that's at the center position. Not sure how much playing on the wing serves him, but um, perhaps playing on the wing is the best situation. Sorry, playing fourth line center, not wing. D.F. Pendris asks a similar question. Which centers of the 700 that the Bruins have transition the best to the wing? Pavel Zaka most certainly will play the wing. I think Charlie Coyle's a guy that you could put on the wing as well. Say if you trade a Craig Smith, you could put Charlie Coyle on the third line right wing, have a line of Zaka, Stanika, Coyle. You're kind of covering yourself there with guys who can play the wing, but also you can swap Stanika and Coyle if necessary. Um, so I think Coyle transitions there well. Um, you know, you have Frederick, Felino likely playing on the wing. So those are the main areas, I think, where you can put some Bruins centers at the wing spot. Thank you so much for sending in those questions. We'll try to do a mailbag here again in the coming weeks. Just notice there is a wisp of hair sticking out of my snapback for you YouTube viewers to enjoy. Next week on the podcast, Monday, hopefully, I'm planning to have a Bruins prospect on the podcast. Haven't confirmed that quite yet, but that is the plan. And uh, look out for that when it comes up here on Monday. Now, big news around the NHL yesterday was the signing of Nazem Kadri by the Calgary Flames. Kadri had been linked to a team like the New York Islanders, but they were unable to clear some space to get it done. So, good news is Kadri not coming to the Eastern Conference. A player who is... However, it's Sean Monaghan. He was traded along with a first-round pick in 2025 to the Montreal Canadiens to clear space for Kadri's signing. Now, when it comes to the Oilers, uh, sorry, to the Islanders, um, they're kind of banking on some younger players to step up. Anthony Beauvillier, Oliver Wallstrom, they're tied to Sonny Milano as a viable free agent that they could add on the third line. But the Islanders, as of yet, have made zero free agent signings this summer. Lou Lamorello awake? Is he... Yeah, in a coma? What's going on with, with Lou Lamorello? That was the big news yesterday. Um, now... For the Canadians, Sean Monaghan has been oft injured over the past few seasons, hoping to be at 100% when training camp opens. 
Uh, Canadians suddenly pretty deep at center with Monaghan, Suzuki, um, Kirby Dock they picked up as well. Um, and in picking up Monaghan, taking him off for one year, they're going to get a first round pick in 2024, 25, or 2026. So nice little piece of work there by uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Now when it comes to hockey news, um, the other big one yesterday was Carey Price, unlikely to play this season after undergoing knee surgery. So that will not help the Canadians. They're improved. They're building something there under their new front office, but I don't quite think they're in line to uh, challenge for a playoff spot next season, which is great for our Boston Bruins for sure. So the World Juniors is coming up. Semifinals today, finals tomorrow. After that, it'll be kind of a slow period until the prospect tournament in about a month. Uh, Locked on Boston Bruins will remain three days a week until the beginning of training camp. So you can count on an episode roughly Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then, uh, yeah, we're going to be full steam ahead for a new season. If you're looking something to watch this weekend, you got to check out the rehearsal on HBO with Nathan Fielder. Uh, She-Hulk, the first episode, I thought was pretty entertaining. And Dark Winds, we've been watching on AMC. And that is a very compelling uh, kind of detective murder mystery drama. So check that out if you haven't already. All right, friends. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again here on Monday, fingers crossed, with a very special guest on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.